0: finishing up our series on understanding the Trinity of God. So we've talked about the Father's role and the Son's role. Today we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit's role, and the Holy Spirit is that third part of the Trinity of God. Now before we can even begin to talk about the role that the Holy Spirit plays, we first have to look at where the Holy Spirit is is. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, there's this question that's asked, and it says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple, and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst? And this is uh, being written to a group of believers. So what we can see from this verse is that the Holy Spirit actually dwells within each and every believer. So whereas you have the Father as the foundation of all creation, he's the one that sets things in order, and then you also have the Son that is the physical manifestation of God, the Holy Spirit is the internalization of God. It's the peace of God that dwells inside each and every person that has received forgiveness from the price of their sin. So that's, what, that's where the Holy Spirit is. It's inside each and every believer. It's the internalization of God. And it's there for a very specific purpose. It's there to fulfill the roles that it has been given, that he has been given. So let's begin looking at the roles that the Holy Spirit fills. The first one we're going to look at is seen in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 through 16. It says the Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us." With the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So these verses are talking about how really no one understands a person's spirit except for that person themselves. And the same thing would apply with God. How can you understand? The spirit of God unless you were also God or had a part with God and so that's what the Holy Spirit does then is it it's that piece of God that lives inside of us that spiritual essence of God that allows us to understand God in a spiritual sense and and even spiritual things beyond just God everything related to spiritual things the Holy Spirit gives us an understanding of of that, That's the first role that the Holy Spirit plays is to help us understand spiritual things because spiritual things are very difficult to understand. It's not like anything else in our physical world. You know, in our physical world, there are ways to study the things around us. You can measure it. You can taste it. You can feel it, right? You use all your different five senses that they taught you about in kindergarten to experience and study things in this physical world in order to gain an understanding of it. But you can't really do that with spiritual things, right? For instance, you can't weigh how much, uh, you can't test how much love weighs, or you can't see how big joy is. You can't see what it feels like in your hand to hold uh, admiration, Right, These are things that aren't physical, they are emotional, they are spiritual things. And so there's no way that we can reliably study spiritual things from a physical standpoint. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in, is that it gives us the understanding that we need to be able to experience those spiritual things and gain an understanding from the Holy Spirit about those spiritual things. Because a lot of the times, you know, you know, we still experience spiritual things. We experience emotional responses to different things that go on in our life. We get happy, we get angry, we get sad, we get hopeful, we get depressed, we get motivated, we get lazy. Those are all uh, emotional conditions based off of spiritual realities. And so we experience it, but a lot of the times we can't understand why those things are there. Where do they come from? How do we address them? And so what the Holy Spirit does is take those things that we experience and gives us the tool that we need, the means to understand those things that happen. It's like if you get one of those books that were written really, really long ago. Take Beowulf, for instance. And it's written in English that is so old that you can't understand it. And you can read it most of the time. Sometimes the letters are different, and and it's difficult to even read it. But oftentimes when uh, you have a copy of those books, it has the original text on one side, and then usually on the next page it has a modern translation of that text so that you can understand what it is that that text is trying to say. And it's the same thing that that's the same thing that the Holy Spirit does, especially for instance when we read the Bible, when we read scripture. When people who are not believers read the Bible, oftentimes they have a hard time understanding and grasping what it is the Bible is saying until they take that step of faith to give their life to Christ accept the forgiveness of their sins, accept that price that Jesus paid on the cross. And when they do that, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside of them. And all of a sudden, they can go back to those scriptures that they read before they became a believer that confused them. And now all of a sudden, they have a new understanding of it. That's exactly what the Holy Spirit does for us. It, it, it helps us to understand those spiritual Truths, And that process of listening to the Holy Spirit speak to us as we experience spiritual things or as we read scripture, that process of getting that interpretation by the Holy Spirit becomes so much more uh, easy, so much easier and so much more frequent and clear the closer our relationship with God is. Because as we build that relationship with God, we're able to recognize God's voice more clearly, and, and that includes the voice uh, of the Holy Spirit speaking to our heart, speaking inside of us, that peace of God that dwells within us, speaking to us, trying to give us an understanding of things that are beyond our normal understanding. And so the greater relationship we have, with God, the easier it will be for us to hear and recognize that voice. I've mentioned a few times about uh, my day job, where I work with adults that have mental disabilities. And some of the people that we work with are what we call nonverbal. They don't speak, they don't, uh, you know, some, usually they can make noises and things like that, but they don't, uh, you know, they don't communicate with spoken language, They're just not able to do so, and they're nonverbal, that's the phrase. And it's always interesting when we get new staff coming in that are working with our nonverbal participants, because the staff are often so confused about how to deal with them. They don't know what they want, they don't know how they're feeling. Now... I, who have been there longer than you know somebody who's been there for a month, I've spent more time with those clients, and because of that, I can usually tell how they're feeling or what they want. I, I can tell what's going on with them a whole lot easier than someone who is brand new at the job, simply because I've spent more time with them and gained a, a greater understanding of who they are and and how they interact with their world. And, and that process is the same, you know, the same principle applies with our relationship with God. The greater we get to know God, the greater and deeper our relationship with God is, the easier it's going to be for us to understand him when he is speaking to us. And so because of that, We want to utilize this gift of the Holy Spirit that we have, this peace of God that lives within us, rely on that Holy Spirit to help us understand God and to continue to build our relationship stronger and deeper with God so that we can more clearly hear uh, the leading of the Spirit. So that's one of the roles that the Holy Spirit fulfills. Now let's go on to another one. This passage of Scripture is in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 26. It says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law." So this passage of Scripture is painting this picture of what it means to walk in the will of the Holy Spirit and how it's contrary to the desires of our flesh, our, our sinful nature, fleshly desires. Uh, the Holy Spirit is wrestling with our own sinful spirit. And the goal of the Holy Spirit in this battle is to lead us into righteousness, to lead us into the life that is according to God's will, so that we can have the kind of life that God wants us to have, a life that is fruitful, a life that is full of joy and happiness and and meaning and fulfillment, rather than following our own sinful desires that lead us to destructive behaviors um, that create more hardships in our life. And so the Holy Spirit comes in and it wrestles with our own sinful spirit, our own desires, our our spirited nature of sinful, selfish desires. The Holy Spirit wrestles with that to try to lead us into a life of righteousness. And I heard uh, a comedian once... um, And I believe this was a comedian that is also uh, a youth pastor, but I'm not entirely sure. But he was once talking about the way that God works and specifically the way that the Holy Spirit guides us. And he used the analogy of a GPS on your phone when you're driving somewhere. And he says, you know, the, the GPS tells you where you need to go. And if you make a wrong turn, say you go a different way than where the GPS is telling you to go, it doesn't give up on you. It doesn't just shut itself off, but instead it recalculates to in order to get you to where you need to go based on where you are now. That's the way the Holy Spirit works in our life. God has a perfect will for our life, a, a A will and a desire for our life that is so good so much better than anything that we could plan and God wants to lead us there and of course we are not perfect people we make mistakes and so no matter where we are no matter who we are or what we've done God desires to take us from there and lead us by the Holy Spirit into where he wants us to be and that is a struggle that when you become a believer uh, it doesn't go away in fact that's really where the battle begins because up until that point your concepts of good and evil are only based on the ever-shifting culture and there's really nothing uh, firm and unchanging to base your mal- your your values and morals upon. And so, when we become a believer and that Holy Spirit dwells within us, that's really when the battle begins. And it's something that we have to fight on a daily basis, both in big things in our lives and small things in our lives. And let me give just one small example of my from my life about what I mean by this. So as you all know, I am a pastor and I'm on staff at a church. And so Sunday mornings consists of getting up, getting ready, going to church, doing my Bible study, and then leading the service and preaching. Every Sunday, that's how it goes. But there's another part of my Sunday morning that uh, nobody really knows about, except for maybe my wife, which is when I get up on Sunday mornings and I take a shower and I eat breakfast and I get, you know, all ready to go out the door. Almost every Sunday morning there's this moment where in my heart the way that I feel is that I just don't want to go to church. (laughs) And And I think about how much more I would rather just sit down on the couch and turn on a game and just play my game and relax because I just don't want to go to work. And it's not that you know, I'm not passionate about what I do. It's not that I don't love what I do. I really, truly love uh, the ministry that God has given to me and the ways that he's equipped me for it and, and the heart that he has given to me to do this work But that doesn't mean that it's fun. It doesn't mean that it's always enjoyable. And of course, uh, I still go to church in the morning and I still do my job and fulfill my obligations. But that doesn't mean that there isn't still a wrestle in my spirit to want to just do what makes me most comfortable and is really just a selfish desire. And I know how easy it could be for me to slip into that if I didn't have these obligations. Because there was that year between when I was a youth pastor and when I was a pastor at this church where I almost stopped, I basically stopped going to church altogether just because I loved having the extra day to sleep in and I love having a nice, relaxing morning. And just because I now have a job as a pastor and I have to go do that on Sunday mornings doesn't mean that my selfish desire to just sit and relax has gone away. And so there is this pull where my sinful human spirit is for me to just stay and relax. But then the pull of the spirit is that there's something more that God wants me to do. And of, of course, after I go to church and I preach and, I, you know, everything that I do there, I'm always glad that I went and there's always a fulfillment that is in my spirit that would never take place when I would sit at home on Sunday mornings and just relax. There was always an emptiness that came from that choice and a fulfillment that comes from what I do now. But the thing that I want to highlight is that even in something like that, there is still this wrestling that takes place between my human fleshly desires and the Holy Spirit's will for our life. And when I do what I want to do that makes me most comfortable, it leaves me feeling empty. But when I do what God has called me to do, and follow the Holy Spirit's leading, there's a fulfillment that comes from that that can't come from anything else. And God wants us to have a fulfilled lifestyle, not just a comfortable life, but a fulfilled life, a life of purpose and direction. And that comes when we let the Holy Spirit guide our lifestyle into a life of righteousness. It's not just about a list of do's and don'ts. It's about doing what God has created you to do, being who God created you to be. And the Holy Spirit helps lead us into that. So the Holy Spirit helps us to understand spiritual things, and it leads us into righteousness. Now let's look at the last thing I want to look at today, that the Holy Spirit does for us and the role that it plays. So we're going to hop around to a few passages of scripture here to see what this third role is. The first passage is 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21. It says for prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Mark 13:11 says Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 4 verse 31 says, After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. And Acts chapter 1 verse 8 Jesus talking says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So in these four passages of Scripture, we are seeing another role that the Holy Spirit plays, which is to equip us for the ministry of, of spreading the gospel message throughout our world and to be the representation of Christ in this world to the people who are lost, the people that don't know about the sacrifice that Christ has made for them and they don't know about the God in heaven who loves them and desires to pay the price for their sin or, and has paid the price for that sin and just longs for them To accept that that price has been paid, allow him to lead them into righteousness, lead them into fulfillment, and he's just waiting for them to accept him. And God leaves us on this earth for that purpose of spreading that message to all people. And we don't have to do that through our own efforts. Because the Holy Spirit is what gives us what we need to do that ministry. And actually it's, um, it's essential for the Holy Spirit to be the one equipping us for that work because I've talked a little bit about this before, about how it's not possible for one person to bring conviction into the life of another person. Because conviction is that feeling inside of someone. It's an internal thing that calls them to a change in their life. And conviction can't come from one person to another person. The best we can do is guilt. The best we can do is guilt people into changing things. But that's not something that's coming from within them. That's coming from outside. And really, only God is capable of convicting people in their hearts to call them to change, to change through the inside. And so you might say, well, well what do we do then? If, if it's God that needs to convict them and we can only guilt them, wh- what do we do? Well, again, remember the Holy Spirit is at play here. So if it's the Holy Spirit that is God speaking through you, then God can bring conviction into someone's life by speaking through you. But in order for that to work, it has to be allowing the Holy Spirit to speak through us rather than us speaking ourselves. And we don't want to take the words of God and twist them into our own perspective because then we've lost the God part of that equation because we've turned it into something that it's not. We've turned it into our message rather than God's message. And we want to make sure that we uh, remain true to the message that God has given to us and allow God to just simply use us to speak through us to bring change into the lives of others. And it's very much the way that uh, an interpreter works between two people that speak different languages. You know, I've often joked about this before, about how Christians sometimes speak too much Christianese, which is terms that other Christians understand, but people who aren't believers uh, can be kind of weirded out by. For instance, if we talk about being washed in the blood of Christ, yeah, that that doesn't sound very appealing to people who aren't believers because they don't understand what that means. And so when we try to speak with our Christianese to other people— they don't understand what it is that we're trying to say. Um, but when we allow the Holy Spirit to speak through us directly into the lives of other people, the role that we play there is simply that of an interpreter. that is taking the words of the Spirit, you know the the way that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us and knowing what God wants to say to that person and that person simply can't hear those, Uh, those words. They can't hear that guidance. And so the role that we play there is taking the words of God that we are able to understand because of the Holy Spirit inside us, and interpret those words to the person who needs to hear them. That is the role that we play, an interpreter for others of the Spirit of God. And the message that God has for them, and this role of uh, kind of the interpreter and, and the in between between those that are disconnected from God because of sin in their life, and the God who loves them and wants to call them to them, uh, to Him, we see that role uh, that we play actually in Scripture in Second Corinthians chapter five verse twenty. It says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. So when I was talking about Jesus and the role of the Son, I talked about how Jesus is kind of our ambassador between us and God. And then we play the role of an ambassador between the lost and God through the Holy Spirit working through us. So Jesus becomes the one that has paid the price for the lost, paid the price of the sin of the world, and is now an ambassador between believers in God, and then we as believers, through the work of the Holy Spirit, become the ambassadors that connect the lost with God. But again, the only way for us to work in this role is to allow the Holy Spirit to work through us to reach others, and to learn the skills of being able to put our own agendas, our own desires, our own personality sometimes, out of the way, get that out of the way from what God wants to do through us, and to allow the Holy Spirit to use us and equip us for the ministry of reaching those who are lost. So ultimately, the role that the Holy Spirit plays, as it helps us personally to understand spiritual things and leads us into righteousness and equips us for the ministry work of God's kingdom, that ultimately what the Holy Spirit is doing and the role that he fulfills is to to guide our spiritual walk here on this earth, to guide the way that we live, guide the things that we say, direct us and what we do and how we do it, what we say, and how we say it, that should all be guided by the Holy Spirit. He is our guide to our spiritual walk. That is the role of the Holy Spirit. So now we've talked about the role of the Father, the role of the Son, and the role of the Holy Spirit. And to just kind of wrap up this series, I want to read one more verse that's in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, and it's verse 14. It's at the very end, and it's in kind of the closing of the letter that Paul is writing. He says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. These are the three ways that the Trinity of God interact with each other and interact with us. The love of the Father who loved us so much to create us, to give us existence, and as I talked about last week, to give us free will and all the many gifts that the Father has given to us, because of his love for us. And as seen in John 3.16, that he loved so much that he gave his son to die on the cross for us, which gives us the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us and paid the price of our sin. And that as we accept that grace of Jesus that came from the love of God, that we can then have fellowship with God through the Holy Spirit and fellowship with one another as believers as we are all seeking together the will of God and the truth of his word to guide us into a beautiful harmony with one another and a fellowship of believers that are all doing the work of God together. That is the Trinity of God, the love of the Father, the grace of the Son, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. I do pray that this series has given you a deeper understanding of the God that we serve, that fulfills three roles, but is one God. And the great love that he has for us and desire to reveal himself to us in our life, and to have a relationship with us as he guides us down the paths of righteousness. What a wonderful God that we serve. And this has been another Sermon in the Pocket. As always, if you have any questions or comments about anything I've talked about, you can always contact me either through the Sermon in the Pocket Facebook page or email me directly at sermoninthepocket at gmail.com. And I encourage you to share this with other people and on social media to help get the message out there. But until next time, thank you for listening, and I pray that God will bless you as you go throughout your day.